I rock out to that. Hello oh there, everybody. And it's time for another edition of your favorite podcast. This is the DYM podcast. I am Dutch. I am one of your hosts, Sean Donnelly, joined here by Bruno Indian Head. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know him as Andy Fiore or the Cool Breeze. He's bringing hey, back. The, hey. we, we had such a great fun going over our porno names from last week that Andy on our, our StreamYard cast, his name is now... Bruno Indian head. That just yeah. that should just be your name from going forward. I, I like to change it up every week and give the kids <laughs> something new to so keep it fresh. Uh, but do, I feel like every I feel like it should be a rule. Every time you call yourself Bruno Indian head during the podcast, you have to have an erection. That has to be you have to have a boner every time that's happening. Well, done and done. <laughs> And I mean done. <laughs> now, good to see you there, Shawnee. How's it how's it going over there? Good to Queens? see you, my friend. It's going pretty uh, pretty damn well. Everything's good over here. Not not too much craziness going on. You know, it's just still COVID living and uh, COVID living. Me just uh, you know doing my daily phone calls to the family, and I'm, I'm still dating dating that young lady, and that's everything's going good there. So. I, I saw you post. I saw you had a social media post. I did. We, a I, big I, step I, in a new relationship. It totally is. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. And I put up, you know, you know why I did it was because um, she came to, I did a show outside. Uh, yeah. Our friend Amanda. Also another big step, in a, in, at least for a comic in a relationship. Yes, totally. But the greatest thing about Megan is that she, uh, one of the, one of the great things about Megan is that she doesn't, she didn't care. Like, not that she doesn't give a shit about stand up, but like, it doesn't affect how she oh. feels about me, stand up wise, which is like so a dream come true. <laughs> Phenomenal! I'm so happy for you. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! It's like, you know. So, um, and don't get me wrong. Like, I did the show. It went well enough. But like, but we, did, I did a show outside at this, um, at this uh, Peruvian restaurant. Our friends Amanda and Natalie, they run it. Oh, actually, no, Natalie doesn't run it. It's Amanda and this other girl, L. They run a show called uh, Sh Comedy, which I don't. It, nobody's really shushing about this comedy because everybody I get knew it, about right? it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get the shush part. Oh, yeah. Like, you think it's like a shit? I you just called comedy. I went, well, you get right down to business with that name. <laughs> no, no. It, it goes, comedy. It's called S-H-H-H dot comedy. That's what the name of the thing is. Well, that's what their Instagram comedy. thing is. Oh, like Shh, quiet. Comedy. Comedy. Like quiet. It's hey, oh. hey, it's still during COVID. It's comedy. But it was outdoor. The show you is outdoor. Is it shush comedy? No, I, that that's not the way it's spelled. Crazy kids. Crazy wacky kids. Anyway, so I did Good their show? show. It was fun, but I because it's outdoor, outdoors, you run the perils of whatever's happening on the yeah, street. So, uh, you know, though, there's these. I don't know if, if, if the public knows about this. They do it a lot in the West Village. They do, would do it at the cellar all the time, where you'd be outside of the table of the cellar, and kids would come up to you and try to sell you cookies or candy, sure. and they would pretend it's for like their school or something, but you knew yeah. full well that it was just for them. Which I don't knock it. But yeah, go ahead, do do you? I'm sell putting some you of want. those kids through college, bro. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. So 
I I've been up there three seconds, and some kid walks into the tent where the show is and just beelines up to the microphone. And then at one point, I go, you, I go "What are you doing?" So I'm just I'm giving commentary. Was mass the- communicating, babe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gotta get the word out. <laughs> and this kid walks up to me, and then at one point tries to grab the microphone. From of course, <laughs> these fucking city kids have confidence, dude. Damn, kids have crazy confidence. So that was the beginning of my set, and then I was like. <laughs> Making commentary about how well my career is going because this is where I'm at. And I'm doing a show yeah, or yeah. this kid's heckling me and whatever. And then after that, I did some of the jokes and it went decent. And then I got off stage and and me and Megan we left and it was it was a good night. Yeah, because we ate we ate dinner good. there. It was it was good good food. Oh, so that's great. So well, the, re- the reason I bring it up is because yeah. the picture thing. There was this guy we know, Photo Juice. I forget his real first name, sure, but sure. he goes by Photo Juice. Really nice guy, great yep. photographer and. He was doing that thing where he was taking pictures of the show, and he goes, "Do you want me to take a picture of you guys?" So me and Megan oh. got a, a free, uh, free, really good picture out of the deal. <laughs> a free, really good picture. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, yeah. I'm happy for you, pal. I, uh, I also been seeing the same young lady. Um, Ooh. And I also brought her to uh, the first oh. stand-up show that she's seen me perform on. Dutch and the Cool Breeze, Parallel <laughs> Lives, Yang and, and Yang. <laughs> this was. Friday of almost about a week ago now on the New York Comedy Club penthouse rooftop setup they got going over there. And uh, it's like a seven o'clock show. And for whatever reason, they usually have me go up last or I go up first uh, for the booker. She always puts me right after the MC or I close the show. Right. I guess, right. You know, we're you same. We're very high energy guys. Mm-hmm. And so this one, I'm particularly I'm up first on this show. And dude, there were six people there. Yeah. And it could not have gone. It was fine, but it was just like <laughs> I did, it wasn't bombing because it was just like there were six nice right. people there. So they're right. just going, right. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, you can't kill in yeah. a room like that. Also, six, so, and you're not even saying this six people in 25 degree weather. Like it's right, like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, it didn't go as well as I would have liked for her to see me for the first time. But then again, it's like it's also that thing where you go, like you said, I don't really care because eventually if this goes anywhere, she'll see me murder and like yes. she'll see what yeah. it's actually like. Yeah. And but she it also- is that first impression kind of thing. You're like, I promise it's not always like that. <laughs> I promise I'm good at this. I swear I'm not normally like that. And also, like, she's not thinking of it as um, how you're thinking of it. Because I was, like, I was totally. commenting on what was going on on stage. And then after I was done, like, Megan goes, I think th- I thought that was great. Like, because yeah. I think she was reacting oh, yeah. to how I was reacting on stage. But I'm like, oh, Same. no, I was just kidding. And it, whatever. Like, it's not. I but know. I also- our, little, our little things about what we have going on in our head about our set are not what a normal person thinks. I'm like. God, I was so I was mushmouthed. I, I did that all out of order. She was like, it sounded f- great to me. And I'm yeah, like, right, no, right. you don't know. Shut up. Just keep it whore. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's good. That you guys have been hanging out. Uh, you know, it's a good sign if you're still hanging out after that. Because hanging that's out. Easy. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, we've uh, once a week for like a couple weeks now. So it's hard in COVID, man. You, you don't want to really like um, you don't really know how to be. Uh, what's the word? Like you don't. It's not like hey, we can just like go and uh, and go chill, chill tomorrow. Like in the movies, and then we'll go get dinner, and then we'll go to my house. It's like no, I have to pick these very specific things to do. Yeah, and then you have to really tiptoe around a lot of things because you don't have the normal routes to take to like being like. So you want to go back to my place after this? How about the, you know? Yeah. Just, you can't. 
You can't because do uh, people are nervous about this whole pandemic thing. I guess. I guess you know it's it's, it's shaping up to be something. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. There's a whole big hullabaloo about this pandemic. Thing. <laughs> it's been going on for like over a year. It's not whatever. <laughs> but I will say that she does watch a lot of stuff, and we do talk about a lot of. So, like one of the movies I'm going to talk about today, uh, it is good to know how people feel because I'm like Rob and High Fidelity. I think liking the same movies and TV shows and comedy stuff is important in a relationship. Yeah, because, because movies, what do you say? Movies, music, <laughs> these things matter. These That's things matter. matter. It's true. I agree. I agree. You know? yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll give you my take on that. But I want today is a big day, I know, for you and for me, Shawnee, because as soon as we hang up here, Papa's getting a brand new phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Be still my heart. <laughs> I thought you liked that one. Oh my God! I'm so excited. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Wait, what is happening? Also, I why just, was I? Well, first off, why was I not consulted before? Well, I because I knew I was going to talk to you this afternoon because I'm out in Jersey. I got to drive my mom to get uh, her vaccine. All right. Uh, she got an appointment, but it's like an hour and a half away the from her house. Story. Yeah, it's down in like South Jersey. So she was like, "Would you just come drive with me so I can get it?" I'm nervous about the directions. I don't want to have the vaccine. I said, "Yeah, of course." So uh, I get to drive her to do that. So I came out a day early, and um, and you get to I, go get you get to go to one of these luxurious Verizon stores. <laughs> yeah, babe. So I was, these these campuses of Verizon. So it just this weekend and this week, like I said, I was out on my date, and I'm just I took an Uber from Queens to New York Comedy Club. I met her there. I leave my house with my battery at 100% and I put on Spotify. I get to New York Comedy Club, which is about a 25-minute drive. I'm at fucking 33%. <laughs> like, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. I, with the iOS 14 or whatever the last update was, I can't keep track anymore. I think that actually did more worse than good to my phone. My phone can't handle these new updates because it's so old. Andy. So it's, it's becoming more buggy. I've been telling this for a fucking year. I That's know, but I'm stubborn. I said, I said, I go every time you update the the uh, the software. I, no, I should have updated. Yeah, yeah. If you so, didn't, up, if you didn't update, you wouldn't have had the battery pop. It is. It's I pulling know. on your battery. Absolutely. Well, I'm gonna. I'll. Uh, you'll be the first phone call. How about that? I'll give you the main oh, phone call. All right. Maybe well, not a phone well, call. Maybe have a text. You to text? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. What is this? Ninety-seven. Relax. <laughs> Um, what do you, what is the, you know, I can hear you on the other line. (laughs) (laughs) Kramer's may be a problem with the phone. I'll call you back. (laughs) Kramer, you're supposed to be a piece of crap. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so (laughs) you're getting, I'm, I'm guessing you're getting an iPhone. I'm getting an iPhone. I'm too stuck in my ways now to. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm just going to go 11. I don't know if I need to spend a grand for the 12. Andy. What? You hold on to your phones for years and years and years. So right. think of it this way, you'll get an extra year, especially somebody like you. You'll get an extra year out of this <laughs> phone if you get the newest phone and just spend the money and just spend the spend the one where you pay it off. Or yeah, that's what my plan was to put it on my payment plan for my phone bill. But yeah, yeah I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. Not, it'll, it'll, you'll have that's the faster point. processor. That's a great point. The software will last longer. You know, you're going to use it. You had a six before this. God damn it. You had, this is, you had a, you had this a is only my it. second iPhone. I, this is only my I've owned one before this. This is only my first iPhone, my second iPhone in the history of iPhones. 
Oh my god, this is so, <laughs> this is a disaster. I hold um, on to them. I don't need to. I yeah. don't feel the need to get new phones every time a even, new one comes. Even out. more, the reason that you should get the newest one so that you can you'll have this. That's a good point. That's a good forever. point. You'll have it yeah. for five years probably. That's a great point. I know this one's six years old. Yeah, yeah good point. You and then this way the software. I know because when you break it down over two years, it's only like another three bucks a month or whatever it is. You know. Yeah, totally. So now let me ask you this. Do I get the Pro Max or whatever, just like the regular iPhone 12 Pro? Well, that's personal preference. It depends on what, what size do you want. Well, oh, okay. Like, so no, I don't like them huge. This. I don't want a movie screen in my you, pocket. You can get – they have smaller options. They have – you can you, options? You can go yeah, – <laughs> Oh, shit. Not, not <laughs> options the rapper. That's me. <laughs> um, no, but you can get one that's like – not what the six was, maybe not as small as that, but comparable in size to that. Like the okay, one I have, stand to use a little. I'll, I'll go and shop around. Have them show it to you and and, yeah. and and decide what you want in your hands. The max might be like you'll think it's a tablet. You'll be like <laughs> the the max. You'll get it and be like, is this a time machine? I have no idea what this is. Right, right. The other thing too, I guess, uh, eleven is not five G, and the twelve is. Yeah, that's another reason. So, yeah, and, yeah, and then you're gonna have the five G service because you have Verizon, right? I just want battery life, whatever the strongest battery dude, life is. That's twelve. Get the twelve, dude. Get, get All right, it. you're All right. right. Verizon owes me twelve bucks. I just, I just, <laughs> just upsell Andy. I, I should work at one of these fucking places. Yeah, really, you really should. We were walking around in Vegas, and I had no. I don't even say anything. We walked by the Apple store. You go, why don't you go in there and get a new phone? Where did that come from? <laughs> you getting a commission? <laughs> you were really being pushy about it. So you go, why'd you get it? You, should, you really should. You just really call me. Have a second career there. Just call me the subtle salesman, Andy. I just <laughs> I, I befriend people for years, and then I get they they buy a phone <laughs> off me. Like the, the, the most long, the longest con ever. Like, yeah. how do you become friends with this guy for ten years and then he'll get a phone ten years later and I make fifty dollars? <laughs> so let me get this straight. Mom and pop established themselves <laughs> for forty eight years. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> or no, evidently. What does he say? Evidently. evidently. Yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> so uh, well, that's a big I'm afternoon. Still... I'm, I'm going to go over to the Short Hills Mall after we hang up and shop around. I'll see what they have. I'm so jealous. I love I'm excited. Malls. It is exciting because like, you get used to the shittiness and you go, once you get a new phone, you go, Oh, my phone's been on for three days, and it's only lost ten percent of the battery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get this phone, and you're gonna you're gonna react like you, like like your <laughs> Marty McFly going into 2015 and Back to the Future too. Like you're just gonna you're gonna get out, and it's just gonna be holograms and all sorts of shit. Oh like, baby. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing, and then you'll get used to this, and then six years later you'll get another phone that's gonna be like probably implanted in your brain or something. Yeah. You know, they have that now. You know, that's what like what Elon uh, Musk is doing. He's doing like implanted chips in people's brains. He's like, yeah, it's working out pretty well. The last right. thing I would do is take a chip, put anything on my body from Elon Musk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why the stock's down today. Jeez Louise, I'm taking a bath over here. Well, uh, so that's the big news. And I did watch one thing that was brand new. Um, hot off the presses. Um very funny movie. Barb and Star visit uh, or go to Vista Del Mar. It's a very complicated title. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. That's what it is. It's okay. the Kristen Wiig, Annie Mumolo team. Um, she was, you know, mostly 
her writer for Bridesmaids, her co-writer with Kristen Wiig. And I guess they've been, you know, like a comedy team for going back in the day now. But uh, they co-star in this. And, dude, very funny. Very funny and silly and uh, odd. Not what you think at all. You think, oh, this is going to be a character-driven movie. Like, kind of... It, the trailer reminded me of, like, what SNL sketch movies became. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, Because the characters are too, like, Nebraska mid-40-year-old uh, divorcees. And they talk in that, you know, oh, yeah, star. You know, kind of like that. So, you know, I don't know if I could do an hour and a half of that. That's but like, as you just said that, I was like, I, I don't know if I could do an hour and a half of that accent. Yeah. It's very funny and it's very offbeat and it gets weird at times and the plot's hilarious and it was really a surprise. It's everything I liked about a comedy. They had, you know, uh, kind of um, slapsticky stuff, very clever jokes written in there, um, funny acting, funny cameos. It had like, what I like, it reminded me of kind of the Adam Fer uh, Adam McKay, Will Ferrell stuff where they don't aren't afraid to get weird. And like just this isn't giving any sort of plot away. But uh, there's this one part where this character has been giving one of these very dramatic speeches and she's an evil kind of character. She, she has a whole plot to uh, like uh, destroy the world or whatever. I'm trying to be vague for on purpose. And so the music score comes to a you know dramatic pause and she looks down and she goes. Some of you are still off. The others, you get cheese. And it's just this group of mice playing. Blacks were playing the music, dude. I lost my mind. And some of the mice, she goes, you other ones, the string sections get cheese. And they went, yay! And they run off. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. It was really funny. Like a, a, an oddball kind of comedy. I recommend it, dude. Oh, that's really funny. I like it. I want to check it out. You, you, yeah. you, you can rent it, right? You rent uh, it. Well, don't tear old Marianne Fiore, but it was 20 bucks on her on demand. <laughs> <laughs> One of the benefits like, from coming home and visiting your mom. She thinks this good son is coming home. You're robbing her blind. <laughs> oh, on yeah, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> Marianne it's Fiori. on demand, yeah. On demand so right now. She wanted to hawk for this freaking all these on demand. <laughs> yeah. She loses, no, loses the house because of all the on-demand movies she bought. There'll be no Christmas this year, kids. <laughs> and you watch too many movies. <laughs> but I, I very highly recommend it. Oh, what a um, nice young man coming to my house and helping with my with my appointment. My, <laughs> oh, capable four thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, I'll try. Look, these titles are a little wishy-washy too. I'll tell you, I have a defense uh, to make uh, this uh, this week. Ooh, a retro defense, retroactive defense. A, a, a retro, not re re retroactive defense. It was a rewatch. It was a defense on a rewatch. Um, and uh, I, I, every time this movie comes up, I think people don't give this movie enough of its enough due. I think it's a really, and I think I have the theory why. And I'll tell you. Ooh. Sorry. What, you know, you know what, what? I forgot. I have a thing in my notes. I just forgot one more, th one more quick little connection. Oh, go ahead. Go star, ahead. before we get into a whole new topic, because uh, it, it immediately made me think of you. There's a uh, beginning scene right in the first five minutes of Barb and Star. Um, there's a actor playing a scientist. And I'm going, where the fuck do I know this asshole from? <laughs> and all of a sudden it hit me. It's Jerry, would you like a champagne coolie? <laughs> ah! <laughs> yes, that guy. It's champagne coolie. It's the wig master. The Wigmaster, <laughs> which has one of our favorite, the guy has one of our favorite lines of all time. Have you been on the slide at Club USA? 
It's intense. <laughs> no, that's Michael McDonald. Has that's that. Michael McDonald, but he says it to the Wigmaster. Yeah, he says it to the Wigmaster. Yeah, have you, yeah. Have you tried the Slider Club USA? It's intense. <laughs> oh, he's in it. He's awesome. Yeah, he, he has like, a small cameo, like, and I went, the Wigmaster. Good to see him getting some work. I think he might have been on SNL back in the day in like the 80s. Or the, uh, like, I think the Julia Louise Dreyfus cast, he might have been on SNL. Really, I don't but think I, so, but I could, I could be wrong. I could be wrong as well. I but I feel like there's a guy that looks like him was on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He Either plays, way, found little Seinfeld pop up. Oh, nice champagne coolie. Champagne coolies. That's what I want to be called from now on. <laughs> I like the chair. He goes. He just accepts. He goes. Yeah, I guess we're doing this. He's drinking <laughs> champagne coolies. With- <laughs> uh, anyway, so the the rewatch I wanted to bring up and kind of do a little defense of, which I, I think you like this movie, but. I like Ooh, to preface it by saying that it's a movie that um, I think when it comes up, people kind of are indifferent to it. But I think if you really rewatch it, it's a really quality thriller and it's a freaky movie and it's creepy and they do a good job. So I think there's a certain type of aesthetic that tries to be pulled off when it comes to LA thrillers. And um, okay, so the movie I mentioned last week, Little Things tries to do it and they don't pull off the LA feel to me as much as some other ones do. And it all stems from Michael Mann movies. Michael Mann, To Live and Die in LA, kind of started this certain type of drab, like lonely look of LA and like kind of yeah. dry looking and, 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 and a shot a certain way and shooting the highways and shooting the like just like sure. far away shots of the road. And, um, and I think ever since To Live and Die in LA, people have been trying to recreate that same LA look. And that or Chinatown? Chinatown also, but, but To Live and Die in LA was 80s and this has an 80s look. And even yeah, okay, okay. Little, oh, I, can't think of it. I wonder what it is. It's Nightcrawler. Ooh, I'm not that familiar with it. But have you seen it? I don't know if I have. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, so wait, I- wait. Uh, with um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of a way older movie because you mentioned '80s. I was trying to think of '80s Nightcrawler. Um, oh, yeah, with Nightcrawler. You think of Nightcrawler? You were you thinking of Nightcrawler? Because there's another one called Nightcrawler. That's like a thriller. <laughs> so, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I have. It's good. I do like it. Okay, yeah, but I but always I and even I think I was like, oh, that was good. But I re I watched it and rewatched it, and I was like, it's really good. It's and he's really good in it. And I think I I could be wrong, but didn't I think it came around? I came out around the time of Zodiac. So I think I could be totally off base with this, like but I think that's the reason people movie. gave it no mind because Zodiac was the bigger movie, and they think people thought it was the same kind of thing. What 2014? And Zodiac was what? What was I want to say 08 or oh, all right. 09. So I'm way off on that, but I don't know why it didn't get the attention. But I think it's like a well done little movie. It has Renee Russo's in it, and she she's actually really good in it. I don't yeah. actually like I don't usually like Renee Russo to be honest. I think she's kind of corny. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And then um, but she's in it, and she's she's really good in it, and it like fits it fits her. The, the role fits her really well. Yeah, and, uh, I enjoyed it. And he's really good at being creepy. Like he's really good at being. It reminded me of him and Donnie Darko. Yeah, like yeah. How he is in Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. and the way they have it set up, the way they show LA, the way how how desperate it looks, how like even something as simple as him, like you know, he it, the whole plot is he's a a found not a found footage, but he's a he'll film. He's like a freelance news footage guy trying to find the most horrific shit that he can sell right. to the news stations. And even as something as him typing in the titles of the different footage that he banks 
is terrifying. And one is like toddler stabbed. Like even those words, it's like, <laughs> they don't, they never show you it, but just then typing it in, you're like, Ooh, Ooh. So it has these cool little, like not, not even Hitchcockian, but these cool little devices that they do in it to make it seem even creepier. And they, and they, they ramp up the, 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 um, they, the anxiety and the pressure in the movie. And, and it's, I think it's like not as, not as, uh, it's not as talked about as it should be. I think it's actually a really good movie, you know? Do you ever think you ever think he gets the uh, his home cassettes mixed up with his work cassettes? He's like, baby, toddler stabbed. <laughs> it's like Barney's eighth birthday. <laughs> and they get him switched. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, he dubbed the wrong. They dubbed the wrong tape on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's watch your birthday party video. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Was that a toddler being stabbed? Scarring children. Why would you have this? Oh, that's my work thing. Sorry, honey. Oh, guys, sorry. I mixed up my tapes. <laughs> it's got to happen sometimes. Um. Well, no. It, well, now it's all you know. But yeah, now I'm sure it digital, did. Yeah. I'm sure it did in the past. I'm sure when they had those, because he was like working off like a, a VHS uh, camera, even. But it's not supposed to be set in the past. Like it's only it's from it's it's supposed to be like modern day in the time. Sure, sure. Time. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie. Definitely a uh, creeper. But I'd love, I couldn't think of something to defend it against, but I was like, I would defend it against a lot of those same types of movies. Because <sighs> yeah, that's like, a good question. It's like it pulled off. I talk about this a lot. We I always mention this, but I think I think it makes sense when I say it. Like if a movie pulls off exactly what it's supposed to, I think it's a success. And I think that yeah. movie, it didn't go outside of its, you know, some movies kind of like, they try to go too big or they try to go outside their weight class and they try to really become right. and they fuck it up. This movie, it stayed within its own lines, with its yes. own boundaries Agreed. and nailed and nailed what it was supposed to do. Like, yep. and it wasn't supposed to be this, this, uh, it wasn't supposed to be the Godfather and it wasn't supposed to be, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, and I think Good assessment. Uh, it was, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so it's worth checking out. If you haven't seen Nightcrawler, definitely check it out. It's a good, like, Easy to digest thriller, you know. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So that's all I watched for this week, you know. Yeah, I, I had a, a, a the only watched Barb and Star as well. I didn't get to see too much. I am. Uh, are you there? Crud. Yeah. Oh, I thought you. I lost you. You froze for. A I second. can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you froze for a second, but now you're back. I can see your big, beautiful face. There oh, he is. Giant but, iron uh, head. We teased this last week, and boy, am I excited for this topic. I don't know why I'm so excited. It's a little bit morbid, but we uh, are going to go over our favorite death scenes. Not necessarily the best death scenes or not most saddest or greatest or coolest, just our favorites. At least that's the way I did yeah. my research. And before we – it is a little bit morbid. And before we start, I got to tell you, I was talking to Megan about it. I go, oh, we're going to do um, – our favorite movie deaths on uh, on the podcast today. She goes, oh, she goes, you know what's a good one to do? Do E from Entourage. And, and I go, wait, what? I, go, I think we should see e? other people. <laughs> I, go, I, go, I go, E from Entourage. I go, I, but she goes, no, E from Entourage in 
the notebook, the way the guy he goes, it, she goes, it's hilarious how he <laughs> how he dies in the notebook because they're like the one scene they show him joining the army and the next scene he's just dead. She's like, it's hilarious. Like that's I was gonna <laughs> say, I don't remember Entourage taking that dark a turn. That's what I said. But I go, I go, you know how much fun it would be to have a whole episode dedicated to how would E die in Entourage? And yeah. she and then she goes, she goes, it's gotta be something in the Playboy mansion. I go, yeah, he drowns in the grotto at the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't our choice for the stooges. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines by, in the history of the show. That wasn't odd. It's great. It's great. He gets suffocated by boobs of some sort. The baby, like the baby. Yeah, yeah. E's death in Entourage would definitely be uh, turtles. Would be like sneaker related. Like his yeah, mountain yeah. Of sneakers would fall <laughs> over him and crush his stupid yeah, fucking like, turtle yeah. head. <laughs> e what would. would yeah. E E's would just be like, like just him. I don't even know. Like he can't. Like he's just. You know, being funny. Like he's so indecisive in the show. It would just be him, like trying to cross the street and getting hit by a car. Like he's like, should I go this way or this way? This way or this way? I don't know. I don't know which way I should go. And just he gets kidnapped. By a car. I feel like that would. Wouldn't that just be make the show such a different show? show if the that movie comes great. out and they murder E by the end of the. Movie. Absolutely. <laughs> let's do. Let's do. Let's do. Uh, Entourage murder mystery. E dies, and we have to figure out who killed E. <laughs> Well, I hated how they tried to make Adrian Grenier. What was his fucking character's name in the movie? Um, uh, Vinny Chase. Vinny Chase. They tried to make him like the bad boy. Like he started getting into drugs and was dating uh, Sasha yeah. Gray, the porn star. If you like, want to see a lesson in a movie, uh, I mean, in a TV show going too many seasons, watch on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I mean, that's a that's a show that started out having a sense of humor about itself. Yeah. And by the end, they became the thing yep. that they were making fun of in the beginning of the show. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, became Mark Wahlberg personified. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely, if you watch the last few seasons, yeah, they have it where he has like a pill problem and he has a porn star girlfriend Ugh. and it's a whole big thing. And they're he's worried. He's not a badass him. kind of guy, too. Like he just doesn't no. have the face. He doesn't have the. It was just. Ugh. I think I might have mentioned this on the show before. Do you ever wonder? Because he was hired for that role because he's a really good-looking guy who's kind of not a great actor. That's kind That's of the hilarious. point of the show is that like he's a movie star because because of his looks. But if you're trying out for a role like that, like you're not, he's playing himself. Like he's not. Like he's not. It's not like Adrian Grenier is digging deep for. Hey, I'm gonna like dumb down my acting skills by a couple oh. of degrees. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. Yeah, I am just... Queens Boulevard. <laughs> I almost had a stroke when I watched that for the first time. <laughs> it's great. But back to our topic. We are really oh, excited. Oh, best deaths, baby. Best deaths in the movies. I jotted down some that came to mind. I have a couple of obscure ones, I think. I'm not you sure have... how to rank it. Uh, I, I, I did mine all out of to... order. I might are out of order. Actually, no, my top one is probably the, one of the top ones, but... It doesn't matter. We can just go back and forth. We can we can, can we can I, fitter patter. Right. We, we can volley. Let's just volley. Let's volley. Well, I don't know if this is your top one, but I have a feeling this is on your list, even though it's a. All right. So I'm just going to start with. I'm finished. E, uh, Eli's uh, death and there will be blood. Oh, that's a great one. We actually just talked about that. We did just talk about it. That's probably why it was fresh in my head. Uh, but it's I, a great one. It's one of my favorite. It's on my day. list. It's one of my yeah, favorites. yeah. Uh, it kind of looks I never thought about this before, but when he fucking beats him with the bowling pin, Eli's blood kind of has the look of oil spilling out for the last time. 
I guarantee you that's on purpose. It's got to be. Absolutely. But I just never crossed my I mind. Never, I never picked that up, and now I want to watch it to see because uh, there's no way that's not on purpose. It's got to be. It's just, yeah, it's very viscous and uh, slow moving down the bowling you know, alley. But oh yeah, my God, that's, that's a great pickup. That's 100%. I wonder if that's ever been said. That's really, Maybe. really good. And Thank there's you. no way that he didn't do that. There's no way that it wasn't. Oh, I'm sure. Once it dawned on me, I was like, oh, I'm sure that's on purpose. Yeah. Because you but can, you know. Just a good, solid one to get us a uh, nice little wet our appetites there. Man, talk about, you know, the I'm double finished. entendre of. Um, uh, like, you know, he means, I, you know, he's completely lost his mind at that point. He's done. Yep. He's done with humanity. He's done with the conversation. He's done killing him. He's done. There's a million things that he's done uh, doing. Right now. And ruined just his, ruined the is finished with his relationship with his son. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about uh, last time. I think we talked about it. It's it's so visceral for watching it. You're so happy he's doing it. Like you're so it's, it's yeah. a little bit. It's, it's morbid for everybody watching it because. Yeah, you know he's, an, but you just there's something really pleasurable about him doing it, and a hundred percent. Yeah, like you, you're I fear love when an antihero is done well. Tony Soprano. I mean, I love an antihero. A bad guy that I love is very enjoyable to me. Yeah, same here. And he's and he's that he's that character. And and yeah, and it's made it's funny because they made the, the, the they made a holy man the real bad guy in that. In that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> Great play on the uh, play on everything. I drink um, your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I go, <laughs> oh, buddy, I forgot. I left it at my house. I bought a. I got a brand new. There will be blood poster that I'm going to get framed. I'm so excited for oh, it. Take a picture of it. We'll put oh, it on the. Uh, the, the got uh, to take it. Yeah, I will. Uh, by the way, guys, we do. We have social media for the podcast. I want to absolutely. Mention my brain it's at the dym podcast on instagram and twitter make sure you tweet at us guys we write right back we, we retweet we follow you right back at the dym podcast on instagram and twitter and uh what i'll do is i'll get a picture of andy's poster and i'll put it on on twitter this um, is a good one defend your murder defend In your some murder. regards mine are yeah, not all yeah. murders but Mine aren't either. Um, my top, the top one on my list, which was. Or would, uh, back it down for me. Let's let's build up to the top one. Okay. Here's a good one. Here's one of my obscure ones. I'm, here's the bottom of my list. Okay. One that I'm sure you didn't think of that I love for a couple of different reasons. Ooh-wee. All right. It's, it's not a main character. Um, That's okay. Not all mine are. And it's not one of the best. It's not one of the best sequels. But but Matthew, Mo- Matthew Modine in Dark Knight Rises. You're hundred percent right. I never would have thought of that, but that's a great one. It's a great um, one because it's one he's involved in one of the greatest scenes, I think, in that in that Yeah. Book. And it it makes you go, All right, it's about time you stopped being a coward. Because that's he, the whole point of his arc yeah, was yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's funny, like you they you I think they had to do that because they're like, Well, we have Matthew Modine in this movie and right, he's not right. not the main guy, obviously, but we have to give him a substantial reason for being in this movie. Because it's like it's the audience doesn't care about that cop as much, but you that little scene with him, you know, actually finding his balls and and and, and figuring it out, and then and yeah. they show him dead. It's 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 this. It's kind of an aside. Showing him dead is kind of an aside because everything. It's kind of cool how you're like, oh man, you were part of this, and now they're just they're not even making mention of you being dead. They're mm-hmm. just showing, hey, this is what happened to you, but you finally got your redemption. You finally got you came full circle a little bit. But one of my favorite things in the movie is right, be- right before he does that leads that charge is the reaction of the cops yeah. when Batwing flies over the whole crowd of cops and they go, oh, ah! totally. 
that he's part of that. That's why I love it. I know. That. It's like an overtime goal. It's a, it's yeah, a great reaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I like this one, too, because it ties back into last week's episode where Private Joker should have died in, la- in Full Metal Jacket, played by yeah. Yeah. Matthew Modine. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. I'll give you. Let's see. Yeah, I want to give you a good one here. Uh, this one's kind of an obvious one for me. It's um, I guess I'll just get it out of the way. It's three tied into one. It's many of the deaths in Jaws. Obviously, oh, okay. Quint is an amazing death in just the way that he was this uh, mythic character. Almost, you know, this man who was on the USS Indianapolis, this World War II veteran, this lifetime career shark hunter you know and uh the way that he eventually obviously gets eaten by a shark there was only one way for him to die and it was that way but i also love the death of bruce the shark i mean the smile you son of a bitch and then getting shot by brody in the and the tank in his mouth is also an amazing death and i also love alex kintner's death it's the second death in the movie but it's the little boy and it's the first one where you get a glimpse of bruce the shark and it's the first one where you go, holy shit, what the fuck was that? When the when you see that for the first time, try and put yourself back into that moment. I've seen it a billion times now, so it doesn't have the same effect. But the right. first time you see that and the blood gush out of the water and it's a child, you go, Jesus Christ. And you have the same reaction as the people on the beach going, did you see that? What the fuck was that? It's just an amazing death. Like Spielberg really knew what he was doing. In sure. portraying death in those movies, he builds up slower, like with Chrissy Watkins, you know, you just it's a violent death, but you don't ever see the shark. And it just sets the tone where, you know, shit is going to go wrong this entire time. And then you have Kintner die and then you have Quint die and then you have finally the shark. That's a, just a beautiful, well made. The, the movie's so fucking perfectly made, man. I think you're right. The other thing I wanted to say, Quint is actually on my list. Uh, I don't have. Um, <laughs> But I will say one of the things I just thought of when it comes to his death is, and you're absolutely right, it's like this legendary dude meets his demise by the shark, especially after you hear that the Ugh. hell that he went through in that story that he tells on the boat. And then you're like, oh, this fucking – and then it happens again, and then, and, he loses, and then he just loses again against the shark. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's maybe why – the story is why maybe you'd think like, Oh, I'm I, not going to go down by a shark. Like I, I, I survived this. I'll survive. So maybe, it, like subconsciously, it's adding the more of an element of surprise when he actually absolutely. does die. You know. You know, Chief. That was the time I was most scared, waiting for my turn. Ew, shivers. Yeah, that's brutal. That that whole that's such a first of all, like a lesson in fucking acting. It's like oh my a- god, it probably is my favorite four minutes in a movie ever. I love. It. I can watch it. Over and over again. It's so good. But the other, the other death that you're right about all the deaths in the movie, because even the first one, the opening scene is a great death with the girl going yeah, in the water. Chrissy Watkins. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great terrorizing death. So <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> I can swim just too drunk. It's a great <laughs> yeah, I'm an Islander. So I do have Quint. I had Quint on my. Uh, all right. And I'll tell you another one that I probably, probably not on yours, but it is a oh, cool okay. death. And I'm going to tell you why before I say it, because of how absurd it is. And you know how much we love this movie. And, and it's a cool death. Uh, and because you, you don't expect it. Uh, and I'll tell you why in a second. I Buster, think I might have this. Oh, what, uh, what are you going to say? Go for No, tell me. I, Buster Scruggs from Buster Scruggs. I don't have Buster, 
But I have the girl who got rattled on it. I have uh, Zoe Kazan's character from Buster Scruggs. Do you remember the sequence? It's the one where oh, she's going out west and her, she loses, yes, she loses yes. her dog, but she's been in this romance with the cowboy. That's and a brutal she's looking for the dog. Uh, the Indian, this Indian warpath comes along and they're killing everybody. And then her love, her cowboy savior comes along, but they make a pact because things aren't looking good. Like he goes, keep this gun. But if I die out there, these guys are going to kill you and rape you and do awful things to you. So if I die, kill yourself. Yeah. And it was very romantic, but also listen, it's also to save yourself from torture. So she just kind of freezes up and you don't see what happens to the cowboy, but then the cowboy comes back and she are, she assumed he was dead and you go, no! What the fuck? Brutal death. I had a Buster Scruggs on my list. That's funny because the but Buster Scruggs himself, the reason why I love it is because it's so ridiculous. You and when I, I remember thinking when I first started watching Buster Scruggs, I'm like, the whole movie is going to be about this guy, Buster Scruggs. Same here. And, I, and to have the main, the guy in the title of the movie die in the first 10 minutes of the movie uh. is always a giant, a crazy death to have. <laughs> yeah. Have him, you know, he, they almost have him like, it's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I also have on the list. Drugs do him from. When, when when the weasels die in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and they become oh, yeah. the ghost, they had yeah. that happen to Buster Scruggs. But it's like, but it's but it's, the way it's shot's really cool because he looks at his hat and the bullet holes through his hat. It's a cool, it's a cool, it's a cool way that I don't think it's ever been done. Absolutely, I really, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm about due for another rewatch. It's been enough time has passed now, but uh, but just to right. tie one story in, wise, story wise, Zoe, because like that death is brutal, brutal. brutal. So like, that one makes- was on my list, and. She is married to another person on my list, Eli from uh, There Will Be Blood. Zoe Kazan and Paul Dano married in real life. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, look at this. It's all so incestuous. It's all, I know. It's all, all the rich tapestry. Uh, do you have another one? Yeah, I'll give you um, one that I, I thought might have been on your list, but it's it's three deaths. It's the Mexican standoff in Reservoir Dogs. Ooh, it's, it's Joe. not on my list, but I should have had that one. On there. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Stop especially, pointing at my dad. <laughs> yeah, everybody's screaming at each other, and just you know the Mexican standoff. Um, uh, you got Chris Penn screaming. You got Joe. I know you think this you're right, but you this is a good kid. You know you got uh, what's his name? He's just it's so great. It's so great. He goes, you think this very good friend of ours is going to up and decide out of the fucking blue? blue? <laughs> One of my favorite things ever in a movie. He's going to up and decide. He's like spinning. Oh, he's like so bad. He's going to up and decide yeah. out of the fucking blue? Yeah. <laughs> it's so fantastic. Uh, and then they all just, and they shoot. And then it's all, it's like the first, I, in my young movie watching career, that was like the first time I saw that technique of the Mexican standoff. I know it's been oh, an yeah. older, but like I was just like, "That's insane!" Wow. Yeah. You think you think Chris Penn when he was alive? Do you think he just like would do other shit with that same level How could of you not? ferociousness? Like he just they, <laughs> they don't have his dry cleaning ready, and he's like, "You gotta up and decide not to give you my dry cleaning." <laughs> I have my ticket. Like he's just like he's renting <laughs> videos. He's all of a sudden. You don't have Beethoven out of the freaking blue? I called ahead and reserved it. <laughs> Late fees? <laughs> Renting. Chris, Christopher Penn getting upset about the littlest shit. Yeah. <laughs> you mean to tell me 
Out of the freaking blue. Freaking blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, they cancel his dentist appointment. Like Chris Penn over here. They cancel his dentist appointment. He's up at the side. <laughs> out of the fucking blue. You're not going to give me 24 hours notice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, the Mexican he, standoff scene and R.I.P. 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 Chris Penn and R.I.P. Big Joe and uh, whatever the character's name was that he played in Chris Penn. What was his name? And uh, so yeah, that's just uh, one of my all-time favorites. Um, had to put it on there. All Tarantino movies have great deaths, so you know. They really do. I was just talking to Mike. For, we had to take a break on the podcast. And I just, I was just talking to Oof. Mike for a sec. He brought up a great one. Marvin from Pulp Fiction. Oh, that is a good one. He shot, Marvin in the face. Oh, he shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> I must, he must have hit a bump or something. That's what he says. He Tarantino has great deaths, man. They're, they're bloody and violent and fun. Yeah, think about even Kill Bill. Uh, like, even like with the, with the 88, what are the, not 88 themes, what are they called? Yeah, the crazy 88. 88s. 88s. Just how, is that, couldn't that hands down be one of the bloodiest scenes in a movie yeah. ever in a film? Like, it's got to be, right? I may be wrong about this, but isn't the reason they went to black and white for the majority of that killing scene was so it wouldn't be rated X or something because of all the blood and gore? That makes sense to me. I think that, I think you are right. I think I heard that. I think that's yeah. true. That makes but, so I, I mean, sense. yeah. Because even, but even like, yeah, a lot. Think about it. Tarantino has a lot of great death scenes. Even. Wow. Yeah. Even, even. Probably the, one in every movie. Things that you're not even thinking of as death scenes. Like the stand, the, the, the standoff in the bar in, in Glorious Bastards is a great. Oh, leading up bastard. to that is one of the best scenes ever. Absolutely. Um, The Lucy. Lucy well, Lucy, even, Lucy. yeah. I was going to say, if you want, leave the first scene in the. Uh, Glorious bastards. Oh but. my god. Yeah, that's a death scene. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Au revoir, Shoshana. Au revoir, Shoshana. Um, <laughs> god, he is such I'm so glad he won for that role because it's so evil and perfect. And uh, yeah. So great. But apparently they were I I read something. I don't know if we mentioned this in the podcast. Do you know Tarantino was they couldn't find somebody for that role? And he was at the point where he was gonna not do the movie because Ugh. he couldn't find somebody for the role, and then and then Christoph Waltz came in and he and he knew all those languages and he knew and he was like the perfect That's person so great. for the role. Yeah, great. yeah, I'm so that makes me happy. Yeah, like that should happen like all the time. I think when these guys, these yeah. auteurs are just like, if this one thing's not perfect, we're not doing this. Sure, which, you gotta. Which, which is why these things end up so great because these guys are artists. They're such complete artists. It's the kill your babies theory. Um, I just read a great book by John Cleese, Creativity. It's just a quick little fun read, and it's beautiful, but it's the idea of you have to kill your babies, of, meaning ideas, uh, mostly when talking about collaboration. But it's like your original idea is your baby, and you may be in love with it, but it might not be the best idea. So you right. have to be willing to kill your baby. And it's like, yeah, so he, you might have killed the whole movie if you couldn't find that one specific actor, you know? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. But um, what do you got for me over there, Shawnee D? I got another one that I kind of mentioned already. Uh, Judge Doom from Who yeah. Framed Roger Rabbit is a great death scene. That's funny because that, turn- that blew my mind when I was a kid. I was like, oh, he was a cartoon the whole fucking time? Yeah. yeah and he yeah. killed his brother? Yeah. I killed him. Remember me, Eddie? <laughs> when I killed your brother? <laughs> um and he turns into a tune or whatever it is and then and then he um and then he 
perishes in the movie. It's it's yeah. such a cool. That's the reason I picked it because one of the reasons I'm like, oh, is because how much it freaked you out as a kid. He was a, such a great villain as a kid. I was probably I was probably oh, ten great, saw that movie. Yeah, it was a, kind of a scary death for a kid. Remember, even when he has the vat of dip and he and he holds the, the shoe and he kills Whoa. that little squeaking shoe. Oh, didn't you fucking? Wasn't that heartbreaking? Heartbreaking. The noise it made. Oh, oh yeah, dude. It's it's terrifying when you're a kid. Like, when you're a kid, <laughs> you're like, I would be. I, if, even now, if I saw it, I'd be like, oh my god. I'd be like, I would. It would like affect me now. You know. Sure. So sure. that's why that's I picked his one. death because. It definitely had an effect on me when I was when I was younger. Like it definitely, like it was like oh yeah, like it was like satisfying but also freaky at the same time. You yeah, know? how is it Christopher Lloyd has looked the same for fifty years? He's just <laughs> never changed. Well, that's crazy? like that. It's like well now he's looking older, but yeah, it, now it, he is probably when he did Back to the Future, and that's that great part of that John Mulaney bit where he, yeah. he, the guy who pitched Back to the Future and he goes. So he's friends with this scientist, and he's either 50 or 80. (laughs) (laughs) Such a great fit. Such a great fit. Well, I'll take you back uh, if we're talking childhood here. This one had a real, again, to use the word visceral effect on me. It was when the first time I saw the Children of the Corn and they killed off all the elders in the town, I got noticeably like six. How do they remind me? How do they do it again? They poison them. They take fucking machetes. It's a gruesome death scene. They just start killing people in the town. You know, it's all these weird Amish looking farmer kids. They've got like that, you know, what's that like cleaver? They've got those like medieval weapons, the one blade. And it's just fucking gruesome. And the first time I watched it was I was a kid. I was a these creepy, in high these creepy homeschool kids just killing everybody. Yeah. Malachi. They've all got Bible names. And it fucking really made me like ill. It was yeah. the first time that ever happened to me where I was like, I don't feel good after watching that. Scythe, is- yes, the scythe or the sickle. Scythe Thank or you, sickle. Bush. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's like some. And it's just, yeah, it was brutal. And it was just like, that was the first like death scene I remember like physically affecting me because I was just like, oh my God, this is fucking dark and scary. And gross I'll tell and you right now. At the same time. I'll tell you really, really quickly as an aside. What would you rather you're driving down or walking down a, a dark road in the middle of nowhere? I'd rather run into a vampire than run into one of those kids. I'd rather <laughs> full on run into a monster that I can outrun that isn't as diabolical than one of those. Yeah. Kids. They are terrifying to me. They're the terrifying. Yeah. Any kid with an accent and uh, dressed like a fucking Amish farmer is I, just. Any kid that can quote the Bible, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. and he, you know, he's he's talking about somebody who's not there. You know, he's like, <laughs> they're ready for you. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> who do you. Who's ready for me? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> are, they, are they talking vagueness? It is time. What is time? Hey, wait, time, wait, for what? time for what? Dinner? Time for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know we're two fat guys. We go to meals. <laughs> it is time now. Yeah, anytime, anytime like a kid that looks like that and acts like that uses the word altar, you know that there's a problem. Yeah. They're waiting for you at the altar. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm here on a job interview. I'm on vacation. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, give me Dracula any day. I agree. Holy Yeah, 
At least he's got personality. Those kids are. <laughs> yeah, those guys are a little of, thirsty. Talk about a bunch of wasps with these these a bunch of drips. <laughs> these kids. Talk about white thirsty. privilege. <laughs> Talk about white privilege. Yeah, that's the ultimate white privilege. The ultimate white, <laughs> the ultimate white privilege is if you're a, a children of the corn kid, <laughs> murdering with reckless abandon. Just absolutely. <laughs> That is such a millennial thing to do. Anybody over 13 can't yeah. hang with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, forget about Al Franken. Can we cancel some of these? Can we cancel some of these these uh these children of the corn kids? Can we, can we shut down the Twitter accounts of some of these even, children of the corn kids? Even that's kind of a scary phrase. They're coming to cancel you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who? Twitter. Yeah. What? <laughs> Give me some diversity with these. Yeah, that's the thing. That 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 proves to you diversity is a good thing. Because if I sh if you showed up and you saw some some diversity with these, these kids, you would be like, all right, I'm not as scared of them. The minute you see they all have the same haircut, just it's just it's like it's like the band Hanson if they were homicidal. Yeah, the COC, not a diverse group. <laughs> um. So I yeah I got what it was. Um. <laughs> Let's see what we got. Uh, so I got an another one that's probably not on your list. A Judge oh, right, Doom sir. we did, and I'm go I'm jumping around my list a little bit, but this is a great this is a good one, and I'm I'm trying to think of a reason I'd put all of these on, and this one was because it's unexpected. It's and it's just absolutely brutal in the and it's like you like you lose like in a it, like once the movie starts to get some hope, you lose all fucking hope in this movie. Like it just becomes. It, the movie, rest of the movie just becomes awake. Which one is it? No, no, you say. Uh, Ricky, Ricky from Boys in the Hood. It's on my list. Get out of here! No I way. swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> it's on my list. I had a feeling the way you were talking about it. I go, I think I got this one on my list. Ricky yeah, from dude. Boys in the Hood is a hundred percent on my list. It's the way it's shot, the way it's done, oh, the way it's, like it's it's heartbreaking. It's, it's technically foreshadowed because that easy -E guy is always driving around the whole, the whole, yeah. they get into a problem with them at the thing. You don't think much of it, but it is, it's there. The writing on the wall is there the whole movie that something's going to happen to this fucking guy. Like, it's, I know it's, it, everything was going too good. The, the, he, he gets his SAT scores back. He had, <laughs> he scored high enough to go to USC. Yeah. Uh, and then the way, uh, what, is that Kim Wayans in that role that plays his mother? Uh, um, uh, is it Kim Wayans? No, it looks exactly like Kim Wayans. Is it, but... is it the one? No, it's not. Kim Wayans is the one that was a little bit, a, a little bit chubbier. Um, her reaction is brutal. Is she and then the, even the way she blames Doughboy for it is brutal because it's like, dude, yeah. he didn't have anything to do with his death. He's gonna go out and avenge his brothers. But like, I felt so bad for Doughboy when he brought Ricky home, like his bloody body, and his mom goes nuts, <laughs> and she's like, "What did you do?" What yeah. did you do? And he just walks it's out of the house. It's fucking heartbreaking. Tyra Pharrell. That's you. Tyra Pharrell. Okay. I, yeah. But she doesn't like Kim Wayans. But I yeah, think yeah. Kim Wayans was too young. Too young. Yeah. 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 Um, I always dude, felt so bad for Doughboy. I felt awful for Doughboy. It showed the dynamic of the family. It, 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 uh, once when that scene happened, and 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 like yeah, it's also yeah, it is unsettling. To have you think like, oh, people, she's just going to be sad. But then when she gets angry, you're like, this is unsettling as well. Like, this is like a weird. Yeah. I mean, she's clearly oh, it's oh, like, oh. I don't love you as much as this other child. Yes. Like, you're a piece of shit to me. This yes. is where I put all my, you know, eggs in the this basket.
He was good. And then the kid, he, you know, the baby's there and there's his girlfriend. Oh, oh brutal death. Yeah, That's it. I made my list, bro. That was a tough one for me. Also, perfect use of slow-mo. Like, slow-mo yeah. can be overused in movies. Oh, my God. It, you're talk, it was I know, 90s movies, they used it a lot, slow-mo. But, man, it was a perfect use of slow-mo. But I'm glad we both had it on our list because <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's, it's, it's one that affects you when you see that movie. Absolutely. Here's one that you don't see coming and is obviously not, excuse me, uh, have the heaviness because it's a dark comedy. But, boy, you hated to see Donnie go in Lebowski, didn't you? You did. Yes, you absolutely did. And it comes out of nowhere as well. Right. And, and he even like, says it in the bed. That you, you have the drifter in his voiceover. Sam Elliott, he goes, well, that's a hell of a story. Didn't like to see Donnie go. You know, <laughs> and it's just like... <laughs> It is so you go why, but then I yeah. then you read that thing where it's like oh the the Cohen brothers just love killing Steve Buscemi <laughs> and you're like that might have just been the reason they want at the end. Yeah, it's almost like it's very like cartoonish, but also you you're you feel bad as well. Like yeah, poor Donnie. Like like the feeling you get when you see Donnie die is like if you if you found out like somebody you hadn't seen like an acquaintance died or something like that kind of feeling. You're like oh yeah yeah that like guy like your uncle. You know, it's like the guy that you never knew his last name died. You know, that guy, that yeah, guy like died. your uncle, like your uncle. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andy's not really hanging out with his uncles these days. <laughs> Gave us a great song by a band called Wussy. One of my favorite uh, bands. They actually have a song called Donnie's Death Scene. And it's a great fucking song. So check that oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah, really cool oh, stuff. Also, as an aside, you know what I started listening to uh, 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 because of such strong recommendation from my friend Andrew Fiore, uh, The Hold Steady. Hey, I and I'm wearing a whole thing. I think you love him, dude. I like him. I like him. I'm getting more yeah. into it. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm it's one of those ones that just grows over time. And then once you see a live show, you're in for life. I'm sure they have that feel to them. I can see that yeah. being the case. And then somebody wrote online about how they do a great version of Atlantic City. And that's what I listened to first. Nice. Yeah. So uh, they're doing like a Friday afternoon show on March 6th. They're doing a Brooklyn Bowl, obviously webcasting it. We'll have to get together, get a little day drunk, and watch the whole city live. Oh, let's do it. I'm down for that. All right, sir. Sounds That'd good. Great. Yeah. So that uh, was me, Donnie. What else you got? So I have two. I have two left on mine. Do you want to do another one? Because you have more than me. Uh, yeah, sure. I have uh, a very another really tough one for me. The first time you see it, I have Obviously, two. Big, I, mine are two biggies. But yeah, what's you what's might one? have this one, uh, Apollo. Oh no, I don't have this. Oh, no, I don't, Rocky I don't Four, think man. Rocky right away. Oh, that's a bad. That's a brutal one. Brutal, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, sets up the, uh, the a great, great film, but you just go, ah, oh, I hate how Apollo had to die for this to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it has that same feeling as like when you have the Vietnam movies and the, and the friend in the Vietnam yeah. movies dies. Yeah. Like it has that same like that it's super Bubba. dramatic and so, yeah, like, like a bubble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the white guy, black friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that's it's a that's a it's a brutal one. It definitely is. Yeah, but I, I, my mind doesn't go to Rocky movies right away. But that's but that's yeah, definitely uh, yeah. That's a tough one. That's a real tough one because it's also you. like the the when it when it happens. First off, it's in one of the worst Rockies. It's like one of the best moments in one of the worst worst Rockies. You know, do you think you think four is that bad? Well, I think it's better now because of the creeds. We talked about that. But I yeah. don't think it's technically a good movie. I think it's such a nineties yeah. movie. It's so nineties. Yeah, I still think it's in the 80s, but... Well, I mean, whatever, late 80s. It's like 89, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, I'm just saying, like... Most, but it's it very... Most, you don't think it's a little bit cheesy that they're, like... It's, it's a little bit cheesy, but... I, yeah, I, Russia, 
It's the cheesiest one of the first four, definitely. The first but Rocky I still, is like I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking Rocky, of it nostalgically. If, if the first Rocky was made now, it'd be an independent movie. Like absolutely, like kind of absolutely. Rocky Four by that point was like, hey, we're we're in this franchise and we're you know right, we're, right, right. Yeah, but it was such that. a celebratory moment when he's coming out and he's dancing. He's got the freaking thing on. <laughs> it sucks that that's the way that that matches. That's that's his hubris, you know. He was yeah. too cocky, and it really came back to bite Mr. Creed. But right, um, right in the ass. But then he, you know, his son went on to do great things. <laughs> yeah, I'll just give you another quick one because I, I technically have like four more, but I'll just give you another one. It's kind of a blanket one. It's just. Everyone who's not Tommy Lee Jones in No Country for Old Men and not Anton Sugar. It's just like, <laughs> Jesus, dude, this is heavy. You know, like, you mean, everyone even, dies. Even side characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll so- tell you, one of the most brutal ones that just popped in my brain, the Woody Harrelson one is 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 so yeah. brutal. And it's more because of the writing at that point. And it's it's also... Talk about the de the 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 de escalation of a badass character. Talk about yeah. Talk about cutting a badass down at the knees. <laughs> talk about bolstering bolstering the 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 um the villainy of the bad guy by showing you mm-hmm. what you know what I mean. Like well put. He's, he's basically begging for his life at the end of it, and that was not how yeah, you thought that character was gonna. How his demise was going to happen if it happened. What a masterpiece, man! You thought like he didn't even go out in a. a there was no, there was no <laughs> yeah. honorable way that Woody Allen. No, no, yeah, yeah. no honor among thieves in that one. Boy, those cones know how to make a movie, don't they? Sure do. They have great. We could do a whole movie like on there. You know, I, I, I left off the wood chipper just because it seemed hacky at this point. But you know, it's like they really just they know how to not hold back and also. I don't know what I'm looking for here in this sentence, but they do death well. <laughs> yeah, well, I know what you mean. You mean that they're not, they know how to color outside the lines, for lack of a better yes. word. Yes, they, they thank to, you. Thank you very to, much. Think outside, think outside the box. They know how to, They know, and they also know how to make a death really entertaining, but also brutal yeah. at the same time. Like, that's basically right. what's happening. I got three more, and they're some of the most brutal ones I've ever seen in my life. Do you want okay, in terms of how it hit me? But you 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 take a turn. Let's, let's hear no. Let's hear one of one of those, and then we'll go down to two and two. All right, I'm gonna give you a real tearjerker Oof. right now. All right. How do you feel about Artax in Neverending Story, dude? Oh, doesn't he just? Doesn't he? I I, I can't even. In remember the swamp that. of sadness, the yeah. horse basically in. Oh my god. The, when fucking Atreus going, Gartax, no, fight it. <laughs> and it's just don't let the sadness take you. When you realize it's in the swamp of sadness and it's like it, 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 the sadness is gotten, has overwhelmed him. You're like, no, don't. Oh, my God. It's really it's brutal, more yeah, than it's like it, it should be handled in a kid's movie. I Yeah, they do that a lot. I think <laughs> even uh, but. I only saw Never Ending Story once, and I honestly oh. now now the more you're saying that, I think because of how sad it made me. I think that's why I steered clear of it. Yeah, dude, he's trying to pull Arta. He's trying to pull his horse. He's at the. I mean, the kid's screaming in sad. Oh yeah, just don't let the sadness of the swamp overtake you. And you go, that's a heavy fucking thing, dude. Yeah, it's like it's such a bigger metaphor. It's like, don't let the sadness or that weight of the heaviness of the world overtake you. It's probably a metaphor for suicide, to be honest. You know, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it absolutely is. Um, <laughs> that, that any animal death, which we didn't really talk about, but it kind of got uh, me. To, I mean, any dog, a hooch, Marley. Well, well uh, Marley, I, I won't even watch the movie. I don't watch the movie. Yeller. Uh, how about this? 
I'll tell you a big one for animals. That could—that's a whole side thing, sidebar. I, think I know it for you. Go ahead, Sam. And I am Legend. Yes. Oh my! <laughs> God. I can't. Yeah. I, I fast forward it now. I can't take it. Even fucking Mrs. Bambi. That's a tough one when you're a kid. Oh, it's totally tough. And Lion King, I don't, but I know Lion King is a big one for people, but I don't, I don't subscribe yeah, to it. I was too old for Lion King. Yeah. Uh, any but, animal, I mean, it, yeah, it's, they're just too brutal. Those are, I, I've got on records going, yeah, when my fucking last dog died, it was, I cried more than my grandma. What she, you know uh, what I mean? It's just like, oh, my uh, wrinkles just, I, yeah. I was in the room. I, I made, I made a uh, play. I think, I talked about it on the podcast, but like I made a pledge. I'm like, I'll be in the room when it happens. And yeah, I make a fucking mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. No, oh, yeah, it's still a good brutal. thing that you did, but I mean, I, I know the feeling. It is brutal, uh, brutal, uh, brutal, uh, brutal. Uh. Yeah. Uh, let me give you one of mine. And these, no, right, two, sir. they're actually like, it's good that we, we were going from a sad note to just a real, two really cool deaths. And um, one of them, I don't think, maybe it's, it's probably not on your list. Uh, Sonny Corleone in The Godfather. Ooh, great one. Not on my list. Uh, really cool death because yeah. just, uh, really fitting for the character. Like yep. like almost a thing where if you're going to take this guy down, like that proves how much of a badass James Conn is in Godfather. If you're going to take this guy down, you need a coordinated effort at a at a toll, a toll stop in Long Island, New York. Yeah. That's where it's filmed. It was filmed in Long Beach, I think. It was in Long Beach or something like that. They shot Sonny on the causeway. Yeah, and uh, great one, and and talk about like, and also it harkened back to like, like it reminds you of like a John Dillinger thing, isn't that how he went it's, out? Like, just yeah, the yeah, coming out of the uh, what do you call it, the Valentine's Day Massacre, John Dillinger coming out of yeah. the uh, but Rialto Theater. The way it's shot is fantastic good, because the toll booth guy um, drops the dime and then shuts oh, the door, and you're so like, good. Oh, it's great, it's great. Francis Ford Cobus, he goes, I've never before or since put that many blood caps in a person for a death scene. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's great one. Really, really great death. And 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 it's and it's like and also to ha like I don't know if this is even a thing, but I think I have like a weird thing with lighting and movies. The fact that it's in broad daylight just makes it that much yeah. better looking. You know what I'm saying? It's a like, massacre. They massacred my boy. Yeah, they massacred my boy. <laughs> I have it. So when when Carlo gets killed in uh you know the end for set it, oh, that's a great one up, too. It's a great one too. But so just. <laughs> Whenever when he goes and sits in the car and just Clemens is in the back, he just goes, "Hello, Carlo." Yeah. And so <laughs> just not there's a player. Lot. There's a player on the Boston Bruins. His last name is Carlo, and he's they played the Rangers like twice this week. I swear to God, every time the announcer goes pass to Carlo, I swear to God, every time I go, "Hello, Carlo." <laughs> I just say it out loud. Like, Hello, Carlo. <laughs> You're amusing yourself during quarantine. I totally amusing myself. But yeah, that's uh, a great one. I got two more, and I know these are not on your list. I know for the fact I'll, – I'll go with the one. Um, and I know you haven't seen it. It's the little girl. It's Charlie in Hereditary. It's, oh, I haven't seen it. I know I you won't. haven't seen it, and I'm just going to tell you, it's one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. It made me put my hands over my mouth the first time I saw it. I went <gasps> like that because – so what happens – and if you haven't seen Hereditary and you like this kind of horror movie, Ari Aster, I heavily recommend you go watch it. Skip ahead like a minute here because I'm going to give a spoiler. So there's your warning. Spoiler, hereditary right now. Flip ahead. Last warning. So this little girl is played heavily in the trailer, and she's really a big part of the story. You think this whole thing is going to be about her, right? She's a creepy little girl like we talked about earlier. And what we don't know is that she's now like possessed by this 
cult or whatever. This demon thing is inside her. And to get this demon into the firstborn son, they have to murder this little girl. So they go to this high school party. You know, she's uh, allergic to peanuts. Essentially, fast forward, she goes, eats something with peanuts in it, goes into anaphylactic shock. Her brother runs her out into the car. They're speeding down the highway. She can't breathe. She's in the back. It's brutal to watch this child gasping on air. And he's weaving in and out of traffic. And she's going, help me, help me. And so he rolls down the window, right? And she puts her head outside the car and it cuts back. And you see a moose or a deer in the middle of the fucking road. And he swerves to uh, avoid hitting the deer. And all of a sudden you hear, you see her and a fucking telephone pole and just go thud. And it just takes her fucking head right off. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. I went, <gasps> I put my, the first time I saw it, dude, I fucking went, did they just fucking decapitate a child like that? You hear just, oh boom. my God. That's Brutal. also brilliant, brilliant filmmaking though, because you're, you're totally talking about misdirection. Jesus misdirection. Christ. I had no idea it was coming, but holy hell, did that one of the greatest horror death scenes I've ever seen because of the misdirection and because you don't see it coming. And, you know, not for nothing, the brutality of it. It's a fucking child. And you go, Jesus, dude. Oh, my <laughs> was, God. Yeah. That's brutal that's, one. Oh, I can't take those movies. I'm I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to hear my last one? Yes, sir. My last one. It's a biggie. We talk about this movie all the time on the podcast, and it's such a it's 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 such a dramatic uh, and it's perfect and it's perfect for this type of movie. Uh, Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Oh, uh, great yeah, great one. Great dead off the building, and and also like action packed up until the last minute because he's pulling the wife off with the watch because she's caught on the yeah. watch, and then he yeah. finally they all they gotta do, all they gotta do to get rid of him is they loosen the watch, and then him just going. Like I think I think there's something behind that where either they they didn't something where he didn't know like it's actually a pretty genuine reaction he didn't know he didn't know something Absolutely. about that fall like, yeah like um, the, I forget who directed Die Hard but, John McTiernan uh, yeah yeah when they said yeah when they if you watch in the um how we uh, the movies we love how they were made on Netflix yeah, that's where really I heard it. I forget what it was. Apparently, you know, they set up a, a drop mat to, for them. So they did actually like drop him off like a, I think it was like 20 feet or something. But I think they like jumped the gun and like were like, all right, in three, two. And then like they dropped him on two. Yes, that's right. Exactly. To get that reaction out of uh, what's his name? Out of Alan Rickman. Uh, it's, Alan, the perfect, yeah. it's the perfect reaction. It's a totally. perfect reaction. And it's so satisfying as the, the, the moviegoer, but you and you're watching it and you're like, Oh, finally, it's this guy, you know, the villain's dead, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's so, a great one. That's my, that's, that, I put that high on the list because of how much I love that movie. Absolutely. Uh, and my last one, just the way this list kind of worked out, is not my favorite one of all time, but one that I really makes me sad every time, but also makes me kind of think and really makes me think about death and what it's actually like when that moment comes because it's something I, I like Woody Allen. I think about it a lot. It's Lester Berman in American Beauty. Oh, yeah, because you like the, the, you talked about this, the line and it gets you every I time. I like the way he goes about describing the moment you die. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what that's like and who knows if it's different for everybody. Is it the same for everybody? But yeah. I love how he just goes you know, they say when you die, your life flashes before you 
in a whatever it is. He goes, it's not like that at all. It's over time and you see all your favorite memories on earth. And just the way he describes, you know, his, he goes in Caroline and he shows a little picture of his baby girl. And then there's two pictures of his daughter, Jane, when she's a baby. And then as she grows up, he goes and Jane, he goes, and there's a beat and it shows the older picture. He goes and Jane, it's a double Jane fucking yeah. gets me every know, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he just goes, it's basically him appreciating the ordinary life that he led. He just goes, you know, you probably won't think about it or you probably don't know what I mean. He goes, but you will. And it's just something, you know, how I appreciate every single moment of my stupid little life. And it's just this, it's a really beautiful ending. I know the movie might not hold up anymore. We, we all we canceled Kevin Spacey. Well, we said it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I heard this. I heard there's a new movie with Kevin Spacey where he dies in it and he describes what it's like for the last moments of your career, not your. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and he goes, and he goes, and lawsuits and lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> and. And sexual harassment. And yeah. Sexual harassment. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but that's uh, that one's always. That's a good, a good one. one. That's a great one. That's a great yeah. testing because you're right. They don't. It's it's the length of it is what what gets you when you're watching. Like the length right. of it, like the, the description. You're right. It's heavy duty. Heavy heavy. heavy. Duty. And a lot of people don't want to like. It, that's why it's yeah. so effective. Because you don't want to hear that, but, or you do want to hear it, but you. Don't because you're like it's upsetting because you're thinking of your own death while you're watching. You know this is gonna sound weird to say. I'm we we spent an hour and a half talking about. It. I go, our our great movie deaths. My favorite. There's sometimes my favorite things about movies probably I'm, because they hit you and make you feel the most. Obviously, really? after and Hammer and Humidity, like something that merely makes you laugh as you feel good. But like most of my favorite movies movies are dramatic movies. You know what I mean? I don't. I didn't have. I didn't have Cool Hand Luke on here just because it's. You know, you kind of—I uh, don't want—we we can go on talking about death. Oh, yeah, yeah, we gotta wrap things up. Yeah, you but, know, you're uh, absolutely right. It's, I think they the might most, be, a good movie's best, death might be my favorite thing about movies, <laughs> which is so morbid. Best, best parts of movies because it's so emotional because it's so relatable. Yeah. You know, it's like when done um, well, forget it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think we've we've kept Michael too long here. On sorry, this thing. Mikey, so, I had to take a big shit in the middle of it. <laughs> I would like uh, Andrew Fury. Uh, we call him, you know, Bruno Indian Head. Um, can, we please, can we please tell the people uh, where they can find us first of all, and then also where you know your social media and all that jazz. Oh yeah, absolutely, uh, Shawnee. If you haven't gotten sick of listening to our dumb voices yet, you can find our radio shows on SiriusXM Satellite Radio. We each have a show, if you can believe that. Shawnee has one great show. It's called Celebrate. It's on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. on Raw Dog 99. Fast forward 24 hours later, I have the Raw Report on Thursdays uh, on Raw Dog 99 at 4 p.m. I believe we have the same big guest this week. We did, actually. Now that like, we can actually, we both had the machine on this week. Both had Bert Kreischer, yeah. So, and those are always on demand. You can find all the old shows. It's a really a fun thing. I listen to NHL radio and music all day. Just go download it if you don't even want to hear comedy. But it's so fantastic. And Absolutely. they're always running deals. So and go guys, get that. And also, if you want to check out the podcast, it's at the DYM podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet at us. We cannot we cannot uh, uh, tell you more to tweet, tweet at us. We'll, we'll respond. We'll talk to you guys. We want to hear your ideas. We want to hear what you think about the podcast. Please. Also, Rate and review to the podcast. Also, check out check out Andy. Check out Andy. He's he's pooping. He's he's living. Check me out. It's at Andy Fiore on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Um, and I have a date to promote. Oh, let's hear it. March thirteenth, City Steam. I'll be headlining there. One show only. Uh, 
it's cheap, 20 bucks or whatever, but uh, go to City Steam Brewery. Put in, it's a Hartford, Connecticut, so uh, I haven't done a, a long set in a while. I mean, I haven't really done much stand-up, you know, lately, but it's all safe and social distance and all that good stuff. It is inside, but we will be very socially distanced and safe. And uh, come out and holler at me and bring a potato, you know, and say what's up. <laughs> And uh, and guys, you can check me. I'm at Shawnee Time on Instagram and Twitter. That's S E A N Y T I M E. And I do not have any dates, but I will have some coming up. I have a couple things in the works, but it's not definite yet. But we want to thank the laugh button. We want to thank Mushy Mike for for yes. putting up with us uh, all these shenanigans. And we will see you guys next week, right, Andy? Absolutely. Bye, everybody. <laughs>